Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the Indie Incursions podcast. My name is Vaughn Hyde. I'm uh, one of your few hosts. Uh, today we actually have an additional host, which is pretty cool. I am joined by Josh, Alex, and for the first time ever, Errol and I'm fairly certain I said his name correctly. It's been kind of a thing of debate at Parallax Media. Is that how you say your name, Errol? You got it. First try. Yes, I got it. Honestly, for the longest time, I the founder of Parallax Media, his name is John, and he called you Errol for the longest time. And I swear, I told him like four times that your name was Errol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of blew my mind. I just kept forgetting the. I was like, I should probably tell him the. <laughs> but it was funny. I mean, it gets even worse. You should have waited for like three years and then been like, yeah, dude, my name is Errol, by the way, not Errol. Just so he felt like excessively uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, it's been. <laughs> I've gotten worse. <laughs> yeah, just like Aaron. You're like. Whoa. No, I hate. I got Earl. Earl. For, from like older people. And then, like, one of my former bosses couldn't even pronounce my name, so he would call me Earl because that was the only thing he could call me. That doesn't it's make any sense. How can you not pronounce Errol? You're just like, it's like error, but Errol. I, I, say, I say it's like Meryl, but without the M. Yeah, yeah it just makes Monster so Tamer. Much sense. Yeah. Oh yeah, if if you guys have not been following uh, the what we do over a parallax, Errol is kind of our resident monster tamer and JRPG guy. It's it's kind well, of an obsession, it seems. M mostly uh, monster tamer. I'd say Jason has a lot more JRPG knowledge than I do. That's true. That's true. I don't know. You're like the only one who's ever written about Yu-Gi-Oh, so kind of on your side in that, <laughs> that great debate. So what has everybody been playing for the past week? Any anything interesting? I I was gonna try to do the the pizza mech uh, that we talked about on last week's podcast, uh, but guess what? Didn't happen. So what has everyone else been playing? Why don't we start with our guest, Errol? What you been working on? Oh okay. Uh, so I've been I've actually been playing uh, this game that just came out on PlayStation Four, and I think also Vita, believe it or not, um, called Halloween Forever. It's a uh, it's like a Halloween-themed uh, retro platformer, 8-bit, like an old Nintendo game. You play as a pumpkin man who shoots candy corn out of his mouth. And, uh, you know, it's a basic platformer. You just jump around, beat bosses. And it's, since it's an old-style thing, it's kind of annoying because there's no, like, save point. 
if you if you lose all your lives, you have to start from the beginning. But it's not like super difficult. So I've been playing that a little bit. That's pretty sweet. That's it looks really fun. I checked it out a few times because it released both uh, for it was on the PlayStation blog. The drop uh, we talked about it like uh, literally for two seconds last week because it came out last week. Uh, I would like to get your guys' opinion on something before we go on with the uh, what we're playing. Uh, candy corn shit. It's a shit kind of candy, isn't it? You guys like candy corn or is it just terrible? So. Uh... I actually like candy corn. Ah, oh, gross. Boo. <laughs> Boo. I'm not going to go out of my way to eat it, but I, I don't, I'm like, and it's definitely not my favorite, but I don't hate it like so many other people do. It's so bad. You're so wrong, but it's okay. <laughs> Alex, what are your thoughts on candy corn? Is it a thumbs up, thumbs down? Uh, we, we still love you, Errol, but it is bottom <laughs> tier candy. That is like, you might as well give me licorice. <laughs> Just, just a strand of loose licorice and no wrapper, because I would take that over candy corn. Um, it's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> Did Alex just admit that he hates licorice on a podcast? <laughs> Is it humanly possible to hate licorice? Well, if, black licorice. Nah, black licorice eats shit, just like candy corn, but just normal licorice. I don't understand. If I'm taking candy from strangers, loose licorice is at the second to bottom of my list. If it's like, you know, if they give me a packaged licorice, that's different. I'll save them up. I'll go see a movie, you know, on the cheap. But, How uh, often no. Are you getting candy from strangers. <laughs> often enough that he knows to choose the licorice <laughs> yeah. over the How candy. How are you going to be so choosy? <laughs> Well, you know, in, in my line of work, it happens a lot. You'd be surprised, you know, working, cutting boards all day at a pallet company. Tons of strangers just walking in with candy. Just my cute little faces just draws them in, you know? <laughs> Do they also drive around in windowless vans? <laughs> uh, Yeah, mostly windowless vans. There was one dude in a limousine. I didn't know if he rented it or what, but <laughs> yeah, wow. lots of candy. He's an elegant guy. That's pretty sweet. He just like opened the door and a bunch of like loose candy just <laughs> slid out. Loose like, candy like and some nails. sort of step. But you nails know, as long as, as it's well. not candy corn, right? Exactly. I'll take yeah. the nails. <laughs> if somebody Same. walks up to you and is like, "Hey, do you want this like fully enclosed bag of candy corn, or do you want me to stab you with a nail?" <laughs> stab me every time. I mean, I mean, I don't know. One time when I went trucker or treating, I got a pomegranate. So. I would take that a was... pomegranate over fucking candy corn. <laughs> At least those are good. At least it's edible. Candy corn are just like, they're modeled after like dog teeth. They're just disgusting. Oh, man. So, Alex, what have you been playing this week now that we know you hate licorice? <laughs> what a segue. Oh, man. Um, I've been playing super inefficient golf on the, the Switch, which is just a strange game, but pretty fun. I mean, it's mini golf, but... Instead of using, you know, a club, you use tiny landmines, um, and you just blast the ball around the course. So, it's uh, entertaining. That sounds it was awesome. It was. It, it was. It's a good time. I think there's only 18 holes though, which is a little disappointing. Um, if you're gonna do something like that, go crazy. Make you know 40, 50 holes of just the most batshit stuff you can think of. Um, but it's fun. It's a little frustrating at times because I'm a perfectionist who needs to get a hole-in-one every time in a physics-based game like that. 
Um, and that's uh, that's getting on my nerves. If you have a chance, look up some of the later levels. Like I'm on level 17 right now, and it's uh, I'm not getting a hole in one on this one. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, that's not surprising. You're literally hitting him with landmines. <laughs> so you would say you're super inefficient at it? Very inefficient. It takes me 30 to 40 tries to get that hole in one. Uh, Holy shit! Wow, <laughs> that's some dedication, though. Gotta I have play it. just normal golf games and can't get a hole in one, <laughs> let alone one that's based with landmines. Right. What have you been playing this week, Josh? Yeah, so I'll start it up. So um, my main indie game that I've been in right now is uh, CrossCode. Uh, and if you don't know oh. or haven't heard of CrossCode, it is a amazing game. Uh, it's super long, so this is not something you can pick up and uh, beat in a few hours. This is a giant RPG adventure. Um, for those who know the .hack series, this plays very similar into this. So you essentially come in as a character who you're inside a virtual world, an MMO RPG, but this is a single player game. Uh, so you're playing as a character inside an MMO, and the main background is that you as a person, apparently, you're in a coma. And there is someone who is controlling you who is trying to find out a way to basically save you in the real world while having you as a character beat this game. Um, super fun. It's very interesting because the way the game works as a single player game still gives you kind of that MMO feeling um, because as you're going through, you're constantly meeting people and partying up with them who will fight by your side. You have constant uh, NPCs as well as other characters who are just in the background running through the area and fighting things in the, in the background, basically. Um, but it works very like an MMO or, you know, like if anyone who's ever played dot hack kind of run through, grind a bit, get your way to a certain area. And then inside there are a number of different dungeons you have to go through. Um, and one of the things that they do well is pairing off that grinding fighting to uh, getting in these dungeons where it's very Zelda-esque uh, puzzle-based dungeons that you have to get through. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I definitely recommend it uh, as a game that anyone should pick up who's interested in these style of games um, and the actual story of it as I'm getting farther does dive a lot deeper than I thought it was I thought it was just going to be you know a straight dot hack rip uh, but it does change it up and it does make it very interesting it looks really cool I'm looking up pictures of it and it looks super interesting I hadn't heard of it until you said that you were going to pick it up like last week um, or it was like two weeks ago or so you were going to pick it up and do some content on it for parallax. And I was like, what the hell is that game? Yeah. I guess that's kind of the, the whole point of this podcast is to notice indie games. And I'm just like, what the fuck is that indie game? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, um, Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say that, uh, there's still a, you can still download a demo of it, right? Cause I've played a little bit of that. Yeah, the demo is pretty pretty good as well. It gives you a good understanding of where it's at. Because this game has actually been uh, in early access for quite some time. For a long time. Yeah. Because um, I've, I've known about it since it first came out in early access. A buddy of mine was really hyped about it. And he, he basically bought the game right away. And he was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Um, and I kind of just sat on it and heard good things from it. But the minute it came out, I you know started watching a couple of videos on it. And it's just, it's the gameplay is, is definitely right up my alley. And the just the style of it um and i 
once again, not to harp too much on that dot hack storyline, but I, I love the concept of people being trapped inside these virtual reality games uh, as that setting. Yeah, there's a lot of different like anime based on it, which is definitely my favorite. Um, I, yeah, I've, I've been wanting to pick up the dot hack games for a while, especially since they put out the uh, the collection on PS4, the dot hack GU last recode. Yeah, it I looked have really it. cool. <laughs> Yeah, everyone on this fucking though. podcast has this game. I haven't played it yet. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't like picked it up or anything. I've seen it on a couple different sales, and I was like, man, I really need to pick it up. But now that you're talking about this crosscode game, I'll probably end up picking that up instead. Not just because it's obviously, it's more than likely going to be like a big price cut kind of a thing, like a big price difference. But also you got to support the indie games if it's if it's similar in any way plus it's got an awesome pixel art art style and i'm just like a huge pixel art hoe so yeah and and naturally speaking of the price cut it it's only it's only a 20 dollar purchase and i've literally sunk in about like 30 40 hours already and i feel like there's still a lot more to go so it's definitely worth the price damn yeah that's pretty sweet i mean i probably won't even have to wait for a sale for that i like how you guys were all like proactive you're like i'm gonna be on an indie games podcast i'm gonna play some indie games and i played dragon's dogma for the past like week (laughs) the dark arisen on ps4 just for some random reason i just wanted to play it i mean i've also been playing soul Calibur 6 a little bit so, you know, are you making out. the most like grotesque characters possible? <laughs> people are making like Kirby, and it's seriously one of the most that. disgusting people I've ever seen. I love it. No, I just made myself as a pirate captain, <laughs> and I was done. <laughs> That's pretty solid. It's, yeah, at least you're not making creepy Kirby. Or I saw somebody um, made Hyperlight Drifter, the Drifter from Hyperlight Drifter. They made him in Soul Calibur. I was like, holy shit. People are so cool. I would never be able to do that, but people are cool. The thing that sucks is that it's not like, it's not as detailed of a character creator as I wanted it to be. So you can't really do the the face. You can't really change the details on. They're all preset. Oh yeah, that's why Kirby looks like a creepy ass man with like a face on his stomach. It's not like Monster Hunter World or Bloodborne with how you can like tweak the eyes or the nose. And, like the shape of stuff yeah some of them are pretty crazy i saw a magic harp one that they did with Voldo. Oh, yeah. that one <laughs> i laughed so <laughs> hard there. when i saw that <laughs> i just found the kirby and that is the stuff of nightmares right there that is pure horror yeah just imagine like one day you wake up and you hear just like something off in the distance like in your closet you get up and go check it out and that guy's standing there and just freaking eats you with his stomach mouth (laughs) oh my god this is some stephen king shit right here like this will make a great addition to the it series just like yeah now now pennywise looks like a creepy kirby creature from soul Calibur. (laughs) Oh, yeah, good super Lord. excited. <laughs> so for our first news story of today, because uh, I'm so good at segues, if you guys haven't noticed, 
we are over on Gomatsu. Uh, Arrow actually added this, and I had never heard of Shakedown Hawaii until you added this to the doc today. And I was actually, I'm really happy you did. Uh, this written by Sao Romano, at least I think that's how you say his name. Uh, Shakedown Hawaii launches Q1 2019, and they also included a gameplay overview trailer. Did you guys get a chance to, to watch this gameplay? Oh yeah, looks fantastic. It looks It looks like... Almost like old school GTA in a couple of aspects, but just the whole parody of modern gaming. I'm always a fan of that, and it looks like they do a really good job of it. It reminds me a lot of um, Devolver Digital's work with like uh, uh, Hotline right. Miami, yeah. at least it, in art style. It had a mix for me. Like y You can obviously tell they took inspiration from GTA, but for some reason the art and like animation to it also reminds me a little bit of Metal Slug, which I loved. Like It has a very fluid movement in a lot of the characters. It's um, it's a spiritual sequel to Retro City Rampage, I think. Okay. And people have been waiting for it for a while. I think... I'm not sure if I'm right on this, but I think it was supposed to come out this year. Well, because it's on, it's going to be on 3DS, right? So people have been waiting a while. Yeah, it looks pretty amazing. I mean, I would say that I would wait quite a while for it. I mean, it's it's no Star Citizen. I'm not going to wait six years and still not get the video game. But it looks pretty amazing. I love the whole, like, theme while going through the trailer that they say, like, legitimate business in quotations. And they're, like, <laughs> passing off crime as kind of just a normal thing you do. I like that it also includes, it seems like a massive world. It includes, like, a bunch of different customization options for your characters, it seems. Uh, you play as the three separate characters, uh, each one being, like, kind of a also a weird parody of just like stereotypes nowadays so they have like the teenager who wants to become a dj uh or the the son the young son who wants to become a dj the like creepy hitman guy and then there's the ceo of the company that just doesn't know how to use technology which is hilarious <laughs> so it's just like he's learning how to run a business in in modern day i'm like this is a really interesting parody on just today kind of a thing. I, I think it looks really amazing. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, I'm a huge pixel art whore. So you make anything in pixel art, you could like poo in pixel art. And I'd be like, man, that's that's some sweet poo right there. I just, I'm so glad that you created that. I just need more pixel art in my life. So what about pixel art candy corn? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would kill myself. That's the worst thing that anybody well, uh, has ever Don't, don't made. play Halloween you... forever. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. shit. <laughs> I was thinking about picking up Halloween forever, but they just ruined it with their candy corn. If he shot gumballs, I would be chill. Gumballs but, aren't gonna... a Halloween candy. <laughs> but candy corn is? Candy corn is just shit candy. If somebody gives you candy corn... They need to be I say, You say thank they, you. That's what you do. <laughs> that's, a, that's like, so, I would rather get a toothbrush. Like the random people who give you toothbrushes on, on Halloween. Just give me a damn toothbrush. A box just, of like, raisins? Give me a, yeah, exactly. A box of raisins. At least it's not pretending to be something. It's a freaking raisin. It's not pretending to be candy and or corn. Stupid. <laughs> I would take a literal bag of corn over candy corn anyway. so does that mean you also don't like the the candy pumpkins 
No, it's just like wax. What? <laughs> they're the same How? exact thing. They're the same thing. <laughs> yeah, their taste is just like, it's like, oh, you want to eat a candle? Yeah, totally. That's exactly what I want to eat today of, of all days. You, you've never walked into like a candle store and wanted to eat a nice scented candle? Hey, some of those smell real good. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This goes back to those, like, all those jokes that are, I think is a John Oliver joke. He was talking about if you could have, like, one wish. And he was talking about how uh, if you could have one wish, you'd make soap taste as good as it smells. Yeah, definitely candles. Candles? I would eat the shit out of some candles if they tasted as good as they smelled. <laughs> My girlfriend has a candle that smells exactly like Fruit Loops. It throws me off every day. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. I'm just like, do you eat some Fruit Loops? And she's on a diet. And I just basically, like, accuse her of breaking her diet. And she's like, no, it's a freaking candle, you a-hole. <laughs> anyway. It's exciting. But back it's to a the fun game. life I live. The game definitely looks really good. <laughs> yeah, the game looks amazing. It doesn't have any pixel art candy corn, so I'm really glad. Yeah, that was <laughs> the one thing they took out. <laughs> I would laugh if somewhere in this game there's a vending machine with candy corn. I hope. You're just like, this is shit. I hate it. Yeah, I love the top-down, like, the, the isometric view. I think that looks really cool. And, yeah, it does definitely, like, not only is it a, a play on the, you said it was a spiritual successor to the Retro City Rampage, I think is what you said. Yeah. Or is yeah, it a, it also, I don't know if it's a spiritual or, like, direct. I know it's a... You know, it's related to it. It has something to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like second and third cousins. Are they really your family? Nobody knows. They're just they're just people <laughs> you see all the time. They're basically acquaintances. Uh, I love the the top down view and the fact that it looks like the original like GTA games. I think that looks really awesome. It's like retro within retro. It's got the pixel art graphics and it's like a retro version of today's games. It's it's definitely weird. It's like meta that's the word i was i had to think about it for a second it's like meta yeah. i will say um if they don't include an extended segment of the ceo destroying a company that exclusively makes loot boxes i'm demanding my money back like that there has to be something like that like it's just yeah, in gaming are. nowadays if you're making a management sim you have to have something like destroying companies that do loot boxes. Okay, so they like, are the same developer. Oh, there you go. It's definitely possible that it is a sequel. <laughs> or at least I'm glad we did all our research before we started this podcast. <laughs> Errol is now the uh, the resident fact checker. He's going to make sure everything we say is factual. Okay, well, first of He's... all, saying candy corn sucks <laughs> is not... <laughs> you got to get off this topic. <laughs> It's gonna be like last week's anime. Boom. I know, it's it gonna just come up in every up. section. <laughs> it gets so stuck on one topic. I wonder how much of this game though is gonna play into that city building aspect because I definitely oh, think yeah. that's really cool. Of the like, you get to build out your own city. I I wonder how much they'll really work with that, or if it's gonna be more of just like you know, here's the GTA part of it. Here's the going through the city, killing people. Like, how much of it is really that that aspect of building your own zone of you know the that town yeah because not only does it seem to be this like 
a sweet pixel RPG. It's also a management sim, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Even though I've never been a massive fan of management sims, the fact that it's just kind of like added to a game definitely makes me want to play this game a little bit more because it's like, eh, if I don't want to do that, I don't have to. But it's it's a really cool addition. Yeah, I'm glad they did it. It 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 it, it interests me, but at the same time doesn't because a lot of times when games do this and they add like all these different features, I worry about it in the fact that if you're trying if you have too many hands in the same pot, you're gonna end up screwing yourself over. If you don't put in enough work in one, it just means it's taking away from another area. I mean, it's the same it's the same concept that I was you know bickering about last week about Super Mario Party, where you create all these different modes, which is great, but if you're just focusing on the one main aspect of the game, it probably would have just been a better game in the long term. That being said, I still think it looks cool, and I don't think that based on the video that we saw. I'm just saying it happens a lot in games. That's I will say, uh, kind of to the side of that, I appreciate that they're putting in a free play mode or a free roam mode. Because that just means you can just pick it up and play for five, ten minutes if you have the time. You know, a lot of these missions, I imagine, are going to take a little longer. They have the arcade challenges, which are cool, but sometimes you just want to go blow shit up. And to have that free roam mode is really, really nice to see, because a lot of games aren't doing that anymore. So for our next news story, we are over on IGN. Is Rocket League's cross-platform party system delayed to 2019? Have you guys heard anything about this? Uh, a lot of people seem to have been making fun of Psionics because of an earlier, uh, like an earlier tweet, kind of a jab at Sony for saying that it's it's just as easy as flipping a switch to do uh, cross-platform play. But this seems to be entirely different. It's not talking about cross-platform play per se, like playing with people across platforms like they're doing at the beta with Fortnite right now. It's a cross-platform party system. So not only is it just playing with people on other platforms, it's also like partying up with them, I'm assuming. I imagine How do you guys feel about that? Sorry. I imagine that would be kind of harder to do, probably. Yeah, I definitely understand why they would have delayed it to 2019 uh, because it seems like something you have to do correctly. And also, uh, as far as I know, at the moment, PlayStation, like Sony's only doing the beta with Fortnite at the moment. Uh, So it would kind of, I don't know, it'd be kind of weird for Rocket League to just assume that it's going to happen for them, for Psionics too. Uh, A lot of people are saying that if there's any game that it's going to happen for, it would be Rocket League. But I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Rocket League is a big game, but I don't know if if the second game that comes after Fortnite, which basically took the world by storm, is Rocket League of all things. It's it's really popular. It's just not like the game I would choose if it's like, oh, yeah, cross-platform totally works. It's not this like the runner-up kind of a thing. What would you say is? I don't necessarily know. I would assume, like, most people say, like, something uh, AAA. Rocket League would more than likely be a good choice uh, for it. But I would, if I was them, I'd probably start with smaller games. uh, Just to really, like, yeah, they have this beta for Fortnite and they know how it works. But I imagine they're not getting all the bugs out. I would go with smaller games and then just slowly increase it until you're eventually getting AAA. Versus just doing big game after big game kind of a thing i don't know that's just my weird like thought process on it how, how do you guys feel about this cross 
platform party system. That's such a weird thing to say. <laughs> well, I don't think that they would go for a smaller game. I mean, Fortnite is arguably one of the biggest games right now. Uh, and for that reason, I feel like if you're already going to be testing that, why move on to smaller? You're obviously going to want to move towards whatever has the most hype to get more people purchasing things on PlayStation, to get more people involved in that online environment. I think the next would probably be something like the new Call of Duty game or something to that nature, another very similar style of just, you know, obvious online multiplayer game that would uh, contain that. But I also think at the same time, I don't know if this was even really necessary to announce on their side because of that. Like, I get that it's being pushed back for PlayStation's sake, um, but like you mentioned before, PlayStation really hasn't said any comment on who will be getting into that or i don't even know if there's even a end period to this beta in the same note i i do think something like black ops 4 would be a reasonable choice for them i could see them announcing something like that you know late november early december to try and boost sales on all consoles um or even after christmas um but in the Rocket League article, if I remember right, part of what they're doing with the party creation is integrating the Rocket ID system. So you wouldn't actually add friends by your PlayStation account or party up through that. It's like the Epic ID system. And I imagine that there's a few more bugs to work out there than in just, you know, the actual cross-platform logistics. Um, but I, I could see Rocket League being early next year or mid next year. Um, but I mean, Call of Duty is such an obvious choice in my mind because it is so big because it's going to be in so many gamers' minds right now. And I imagine a lot of the target audience is going to be younger people who have a lot of friends at school and a lot of friends, you know, that they're playing on different consoles. It kind of makes sense for that to, to happen in my mind before the end of the year to hit the Christmas rush hard. The one thing I could say I did, I, I didn't enjoy about them announcing that they were going to do this cross-platform beta is the, the reliance on Fortnite being such a large game. So it was like they have to do it because this is what people want to play. And Fortnite is just so big that you just can't, you can't not do it. And I would hate for that to become an argument for like everything. So let's say Rocket League does come into question um, about whether or not it becomes a cross-platform game. It's, I, I wouldn't see it out of the question, people arguing that it shouldn't because it's not as big as Fortnite, which obviously I wasn't arguing that Rocket League shouldn't be one, um, but I'm just afraid that games won't be included in this cross-platform discussion because they're just not as big as Fortnite. They're not the biggest game on earth at the moment. Yeah, that's kind of true. I mean, the, the problem is I know nothing about how much work goes into changing something up so that it is cross-platform. Um, I assume it's a lot of work because there seems to be a lot of debate on people doing this or not. Um, but it really depends. I mean, it's, it's up to, honestly, the bigger uh, agenda of, you know, PlayStation being more accepting to this uh, cross-platform idea, which at least for one thing, Fortnite has kind of broken them to say, okay, well, at least this one gets it. So it's more of opening the door for the floodgates for other developers to say, hey, we already have this, just flip the switch, 
for whatever it is that they need to do to actually get that working. Um, so I think it's a good step in the right direction to start it. But yeah, I, I agree that depending on how PlayStation plays this off, it could go in the opposite area where they're only going to do it for larger games. I think it really depends because I don't know how much work it is on PlayStation side versus how much work it is on the developer side. Yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, I've heard that it. I would assume it takes a lot of work to actually get it up and running and and do everything that they need to to get cross platform to work. A lot of people have said it's just like flipping a switch, um, but I would assume it takes a little bit more work than that. I don't know why. Like I've I've done a small amount of coding, um, but it seems like they were. If it is just so easy to like flipping a to just flip a switch, um, it's it's kind of odd that they created that in the first place, kind of a thing. Like I understand future proofing, but that's that's like an odd thing to bring up, especially with Sony basically going on the record for the past like three years, being like, "Nah, they can eat shit. We're not gonna do." cross-platform like that's it's unnecessary yeah i can't imagine it being as easy as flipping a switch because and for one thing as a person who's uh generally worked with a lot of developers but also just in general when someone is you know uh experienced in their trade they'll generally call things off or uh underestimate things in most situations and i feel like that's a big part of what's happening is because the majority of people don't really know the kind of work that happens the kind of development that occurs with video games it's really a kind of a, a just a mysterious area for a lot of people no one really knows what's going on until a video game just appears for them and for that reason i feel like a lot of people who are actually in the industry just might be overgeneralizing things or underestimating work and it kind of just derails into people hearing it and saying oh it's just as easy as flipping a switch that's easy i have switches at my house i can flip on the lights at any time but it's not the same kind of concept and it's not the same way that they talk about flipping a switch so to speak yeah that that makes sense um along with that epic games did a lot of the legwork they already had cross-platform on other plat on other systems on other platforms so it's not like they just started up the game and it had cross-platform. It it was a long time coming, yeah, but there was already a lot of work done by them and then it was on Sony to go that extra mile to enable it for them because you could play on Xbox with PC, with Android, with iPhone. That didn't start that way, you know. Fortnite in its first iterations, in its first seasons, didn't have any kind of cross-platform play. So... To assume that it's as simple as flipping a switch is definitely there's there's some naivety there, um, and and I really think that you're right. It it takes a lot more work. I do think that Rocket League the developers are putting in a lot of that work, and I hope that they're rewarded for it and that it doesn't just result in Sony pulling the same kind of argument of well PlayStation is the best way to play, so we aren't going to do it for them. Yeah. But it's it's not as easy as flipping a switch. You're right in that for sure. So for our next story, we are actually staying on IGN. Um, we've got Tin Hearts gets an announcement trailer. Tin Hearts is being made by X uh, Fable devs, which I'm a huge fan of Fable. So in 
immediately I clicked on this. Uh, it's being developed and published by Rogue Sun. The description on the description doesn't necessarily seem to uh, on Steam doesn't necessarily seem to match the like trailer that it gives and it, it's got this really cheesy ending that i hate i'll just read it to you guide guys it says guide squads of 10 soldiers to safety through this magical toy filled world a beautiful vr puzzle game with a heartfelt story are you guiding the soldiers or are they guiding you i hate that so much <laughs> they that make it last sound, line they, they make it sound like lemmings you know that old game oh it definitely is lemmings this is basically no, I... vr lemmings I feel like it's more like more akin to uh, that Mario versus Donkey Kong, March of the Minning Minis, which is just another version of Lemmings. It's all the <laughs> same concept. It's your soldiers are gonna walk one way and they might fall off, and you gotta stop them from falling off and getting to point Z. Um, it it looks kind of cute with the little toy soldiers, but honestly, I I can't see myself picking anything up like this. The VR, in general, I'm, I'm never, like, a big fan of VR as of what it is right now, but this game just feels like another Lemmings game. I mean, it might be cool. It might be. Uh, I just, I wasn't impressed. So this um, one... I'm on... Oh, oh go Sorry. ahead. Oh, so this is... I just wanted to clarify something. So this is VR only? Yeah, it seems like it's coming to Steam for Oculus Rift, but it, it and I'm assuming eventually it will come to uh, PSVR and um, other platforms as well. Uh, but yeah, it seems to be VR only. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what I was going to say, I agree with Josh. I wasn't terribly impressed. Um, it looks like a fun VR experiment type of thing, and we're going to see a lot of these as VR becomes more popular. Um, but I, it's not something that I'll be picking up anytime soon, given that I don't have an Oculus first and foremost. But it, it looks interesting. I'll watch the gameplay, but that's about it for me. You're telling me you're not going to go drop like a thousand bucks to, to play with some toy soldiers? No, I got bills. <laughs> That's crazy. I can't believe you'd do that. What are you, you going to spend that thousand bucks on? You going to buy candy corn? That's what no. you do, is it, Alex? You going to buy loose licorice? I'm going to buy candy corn just to burn it. You savage. He doesn't need to buy candy. Strangers give it to him. <laughs> That's I'll, so true. I'll take Why up the guy in the limo. <laughs> oh my god. I hate that this is a thing, even though I'm the one who keeps it going. <laughs> well, speaking yeah, I'm of just candy no corn. <laughs> oh my god, don't. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely was just not impressed by the visuals at all. I, I was brought in by the whole ex-Fable devs thing. Um, but I just, I really wasn't impressed with the visuals at all. And I feel like it's... It's kind of important to have at least decent visuals in a game that seems to be like an immersive uh, experience. I would like to say like I would like to say emotionally driven um, cuz if you if you watch the trailer it seems to like they want you to feel a little bit more emotional about this like toy maker uh, and his family and I'm like dude these guys look like Play-Doh. I don't know how like <laughs> They just look so weird. I just can't really get attached to them. But, I mean, I guess the same thing can be said about any, like, pixel art game. It's like, yeah, it looks pretty, but I'm not thinking they're people, so. 
yeah, Tin Heart's probably not going to be something I'm picking up. And I, I doubt you guys will either because nobody wants to go spend a thousand bucks. We just save that for some candy corn. So for our next story, we are staying on IGN. This written by Nick Santangelo Santangelo. What? I hate it so much. I hate reading their names. Absicello? I, I don't know. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's Santangelo, but Santangelo just sounds so good. Uh, Stanley Parables Don't Play for Five Years Achievement can finally be unlocked today. Uh, this coming from the Twitter account of Davy Rudent. I just, I need to stop reading names altogether. I just tell you guys a guess, like Alex with his Twitter account. Uh, yes. He. He basically just tweeted out and said, I have news. You all, you've all been waiting for it. Today is the first day that it's possible to legitimately get the go outside achievement in Stanley Parable. So it seems like you basically had to have this game. Like I'm assuming at least start it up and then just ditch it for five years. That's an amazing investment of time. Is to, to, or maybe you just forgot about it. But it seems like uh, later on in the article, it seems that other like game devs have like joked about it and been like, "Dude, why are you incentivizing people to not play your game for five years?" <laughs> but that's a baller move. He's like, "People are gonna play it. I don't care. Like, <laughs> you go ahead, don't play for five years. I'll still be making money." <laughs> Yeah, I, I double-checked. I, I think I picked this game up during a sale in December, so I still have to wait. <laughs> you you can't get the achievement yet? I can't get oh it my yet. God. I, was, I was bummed. But I looked at the percentage of people who have gotten it, and it's like up to like 76% now, which <laughs> it definitely was a lot lower just a few weeks back. What the hell? 76% of players that have this game are just logging on to get this freaking achievement? I guess so. That's amazing. Keep in mind, well, I guess you... there's also, and I'm sure from this article, one of the things it says is you technically could just change your time clock, um, and they could have been... Oh, don't be a bitch about it. <laughs> just wait five years. <laughs> I guess not. I really want to uh, pick it up like in the next couple weeks and just, just have that clock going in the back of my mind like five years from now i have to come back five years from now will there be a 10-year achievement like if you played it 10 years after can they add that because i would love that <laughs> add some dlc just that achievement i love <laughs> i have like a picture in my head of you going out you just waking up one day going to like walmart or someplace to buy a digital stopwatch and then right as you click purchase, like on Steam, you click that stopwatch and you just like nail it to your wall. And you're like, and now we wait. And you just sit there for five years waiting <laughs> to get this achievement in Stanley Parable. I like how he bought a physical object to track a digital game. <laughs> hey, dude. Yes. You don't know some Y2K shit is going to go on. I guess in this scenario, I don't know how you're going to log on yeah. to the Stanley Parable. but <laughs> There's so many flaws. <laughs> the apocalypse There's... has happened and i'm just sitting there cranking an electric motor just like we're almost there 40 more hours 40 more hours you're like wade watts and ready player one you're just like riding a bike <laughs> like for five years <laughs> trying to power your video game you're like i got it I'm... you'd be jacked if you rode a bike for five years 
Oh, you'd calves. be a force to be reckoned with. Oh. See, because then you'd get the achievement. You'd go outside to the wasteland. You'd be like, you'd be like any standard isekai anime. You'd just be destroying people in one punch. You wouldn't even well, have to worry kick. about it. It would be a bite. Just, a bite. Yeah, right. <laughs> just shoot you'd skip style. like arm yeah, day style. for five years. I love My Hero Academia. This is going to turn uh, into a My Hero Academia pi- podcast. I'm telling you that right now. I'm you just okay have to bring this. up shoot style. <laughs> of course I did, man. If I'm going to be jacked from the waist down, I got to bring up shoot style. Hey, yo, that's what she said. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> I hate this podcast. <laughs> I hope there's somebody somewhere who just, like, laughed hysterically. I do that at work all the time. I'll be listening to a podcast, and somebody's looking at me, and then I'm just like... <laughs> Just start bursting out laughing. They're like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, he made a penis joke. <laughs> it was good. That's also what she said. Anyway, uh, let's move on. <laughs> so for our next story, we are over on Game Informer. This written by Suriel Vasquez. Uh, it's listing for dead cells for Android. It pops up on Google Play Store and it gets taken down. Uh, it seems like their source is Android Police, which can't exactly say i know what that is uh but apparently a listing for dead cells on android went up and you could click on the link for it but it took you to seemingly like a browser that asked you to pre-register for the game so it seems like a lot of people are assuming this is going to happen this is isn't just a rumor dead cells is coming to android uh i mean since we're talking about dead cells we might as well just bring up chasm dude chasm's so good so much better than Dead Cells. Buy Chasm. Don't buy Dead Cells. Uh, refer, if you're... refer to episode one. <laughs> yeah, right? We're just creating long-lasting jokes that nobody's going to think are funny. I'm excited about it. <laughs> I'm excited for this to come to Android. The more like pixel platformers, Metroidvanias, and, and roguelikes, even though I get my ass handed to me in every roguelike, the more that come out on various consoles the bigger it is a possibility of getting like a sequel to dead cells so i'm really excited about this uh i so i'm super excited because i definitely support the creators of dead cells it is an amazing game i've loved it since they were in early access back on the steam days um my one concern with that i just i would not i feel like i would not be able to play this on a phone there are, no, it's like it's too you have to be too all. responsive and too quick with your actions that I, I feel like i would just drop my phone so many times trying to like mangle it uh I don't, I don't know i mean granted it's great because there's a lot of people who don't have access to the ability to play this game but i feel like it might hurt it more than it helps it just because of how strange the controls would be I feel like that's a, it it comes up the same argument between playing Dead Cells is is the same as like playing Fortnite on your phone. It's like, dude, the control scheme and everything is just so weird. Why would you get it on your phone of all things? But yeah, you bring up a good point. It makes it far more accessible for everybody even though it's basically on every platform. It, I I actually think it is. It's. I'm fairly certain it's on PC, PS4, Nintendo Switch, or maybe it's not on the Switch. Maybe that's what's missing. It is on the Switch. Son of a bitch. This game is everywhere. <laughs> Freaking motion twin. It's not on the Ouya. It's, oh, it's also not out on the Commodore 64, so we won't have to worry about it. <laughs> How do you feel about this, Alex? 
You've been suspiciously quiet. I'm starting to think he like pieced out to go make food. Not yet, no. Um, <laughs> I just don't see it playing well on the phone. That's my whole reason for this, but I know in my heart of hearts that if someone made it in Minecraft, I would play it there. So I can't really say that I wouldn't play it on my phone. Um, I think it's going to come down to price mostly. Since it is already on the Switch, it can be played on the go, so that's not a huge selling point for me. Um, and I am concerned that it wasn't listed by Motion Twin, but it seems like the devs uh, Play Digis that did list it have released genuine, legitimate ports in the past and not just knockoffs. Um, I don't have strong feelings one way or the other on this one. I think that it's good that it's coming to more platforms, um, but I, I'll just get it on the Switch if I want to play it on the go, to be honest. I like having an actual controller for a game like that. Yeah, so, I do. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, uh, so a thing about the controller thing is I know that there are a couple of companies who do, like, those, those like... Um, what do you call them? Those, like, grips and stuff you could put on your phone so you have an actual, like, controller on your phone. But I don't know how many people are actually buying those, but I'm sure there are some people that use them for whatever yeah, I reason. <laughs> I wonder how much. <laughs> I don't know how much those are. I've never really heard of those, but I can't imagine. I feel like it's just defeating the, the point. And I, like, I feel like I would rather just have picked up you know, an actual gaming device if I was that invested into it. Um, but then again, I might not be that person who apparently it appeals to. Um, but I do wonder what the price point will be. Um, I believe we just saw, uh, we talked about the Stardew Valley coming out, and I believe their price point for the uh, iOS version was cheaper than the actual game on other platforms so i wonder if they'll they'll put this for a cheaper price because dead cells is 25 dollars, which might be a little high for some so i wonder if they'll they'll change that with the the actual android device one i mean you did bring up something where you said you probably aren't in like their demographic for this considering this game is on every platform who the hell is their demographic like <laughs> like stay at home moms playing candy crush like i don't know who who would possibly be picking up this game on their android phone instead of literally any other console with the exception of people who don't own a current gen console which if you're a gamer at the moment and you don't own a single current gen console i feel like it, that's few and far between or if you are you're probably not the guy who's going to pick up dead cells anyway so i don't know yeah, that's that's kind of weird. I don't know how I feel about this. I hope it comes to Android, but I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, for our next news story, we are going over to Twinfinite, uh, and this one by Grayson Morales. Such an easy name to pronounce. Thank you for being born. Uh, this is <laughs> Night in the Woods. <laughs> Night in the Woods Super Chill official soundtrack is going vinyl, and it's glorious. I mean, that was a pretty... I don't know if I would have made that statement. That's just crazy. <laughs> um, it looks like it is being put out by Ghost Ramp uh, on their website, who apparently sell different like uh, apparel, uh, vinyls, and video game-related memorabilia. It's going to have um, 35 tracks. That uh, It seems like it's now available for pre-order, and it's going to be $45. Ghost Ramp plans on shipping this item out 
sometime in the last half of Q1 2019, uh, which falls around March. The reason I put this in here is mostly just to, to kind of shout out the fact that we actually, as Parallax Media, just did a giveaway for Night in the Woods. Uh, I have played a small amount of Night in the Woods. I really need to get back to it, but I feel like I'm, I'm really excited that they're putting this out on vinyl, um, especially with the resurgence of vinyl, which is just such a weird thing recently. Like everybody's just going further back in time. To find new things because nobody wants to go forward i don't get it i love vinyl but no when i first saw this article on our on like our, our scheduled agenda i was like man vaughn really likes night in the woods because i thought that its glorious part was your own take on oh, it yeah. I, was yeah. like, I was like wow yeah. i was like all right and then i read the article i was like oh okay i was like that was just a direct deal <laughs> but no but um, i deal in facts I don't deal in opinions and emotions. I'm like a robot. <laughs> a robot. Unless it's candy corn. Yeah. Fuck candy corn. <laughs> Only passion. It's the has. last time I'm gonna say it. <laughs> that and uh, pickaxe animations and. Oh yeah. <laughs> piece of shit. Yeah, I don't know much about uh, Night in the Woods. I've always wanted to pick it up. It's been one of those you know backlog list kind of items. Um, but in order to do some you know background work on this, I end up just pulling up the OST and just listening to it on YouTube. It was actually pretty chill. Uh, it was nice to just have in the background. I did that for a while. But um, other than than that i mean as far as a vinyl this is a pretty big investment as far as 45 dollars. but 35 tracks is a lot to have and it's a it's a pretty uh lengthy soundtrack yeah um so i played night in the woods uh like super early this year whenever it came to switch i think it was like january maybe february um and so i i have i mean and I was like really feeling really down at, at the time, and it really helped me. Like, and and uh, apparently the story comes up a lot with other players. It it really helped me like understand my feelings at the time. And then later, when I went to a GDC in March, I actually met the co-creator and talked to him about it. And he was like, "Yeah, that wasn't really our intention at all, but like we ended up making people feel better about how they felt about stuff. So that's good." That's awesome. That's such an odd thing with video games is that it seems like it's like one of the, the few uh, medias that can just evoke such an emotion that they didn't intend to. They're like, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to make a fun game and everybody read so deeply into it. And I think that's amazing. That's probably why I love video games so much is because they can affect people on that level. It's That's amazing. I, just... I honestly wasn't expecting that. And then I just started talking to him about Into the Breach and nerding out about that. Because it was, it was right next to where we were, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, very cool how games can kind of do that. And they do that without necessarily needing a, an education. I mean, if you want to go look at a museum of paintings, you kind of need a primer. You need to know what you're looking for and, and kind of have an understanding of paintings first. But with video games, you know... Anybody can pick up a video game, follow the story, and, and apply it and relate to it in their own life and their own yeah. ways, which is just fantastic. Um, but I haven't played Night in the Woods yet. I think it's one that I have to at this point. Um, I get paid in a couple days, so I might end up picking it up on the Switch. 
I've just heard such unanimous praise for it, and I'd really love to experience it too. Um, but I, I regret to say I do have to go now. I have to go cook up some grub. Um, I don't know why that was so funny to me. I'm nerd. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I wasn't mentioning. Yeah, this. It's because. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. It's because I didn't mention Candy Corn, Laser League, Anime Boobs, or Pickaxe Animations. It was just so out of the blue. I know. I knew where you all I'm thought s- I was going with it. He just got all of them in one. I mean, this is just... These running jokes are going to be fantastic. Well, see um, you, Alex. Have a fantastic time picking up some grub. Thank Food. you. Sustenance is more important than a sweet podcast of indie um, games. <laughs> I have to agree. It is more important right now. I haven't eaten since, like noon so i'm i'm pretty damn hungry wrong answer um, kick him <laughs> at least i'm not eating candy corn okay dude right if he said he was gonna go buy some candy corn i was gonna lose my shit <laughs> <laughs> all right so for our next for our next story we are staying on twinfinite this written by danny reba i'm just gonna say that's her name because that's kind of how it reads uh it's rogue legacy comes to switch next month uh it seemed to have been, um, it was a European eShop release date of November 6th uh, for like $10.99. Um, it was kind of weird the way this whole thing came about. And then after that whole thing was leaked, it seems that Cellar, Cellar Door Games just came out and said, they were like, I guess we gotta fucking say this now. Uh, and they announced that Rogue Legacy and Full Metal Furies are coming to the Nintendo Switch on November 6th, 2018. Um, and Full Metal Furies is actually gonna get like a 25% discount, which is really cool. Rogue Legacy has to be one of my... It, one, it's pixel art, so, you know, I'm just like dying over here. Uh, and two, it's one of the only roguelike games where I really felt like... I was actually, I was still earning something because most roguelikes, you die, you learn from it, and then you just keep going like and headbutting a wall over and over again. But what Rogue Legacy did, which I really, really enjoyed, is having a lineage system where every time you die, you become one of your descendants and all of the money you had on you, you spend on rewards uh, for like your keep that end up like basically powering you up so eventually after like just hitting my head against this wall for hours on end uh, i eventually power myself up enough to where i can at least get to that second world because i'm that bad at video games honestly i was so surprised when i saw this article because how has this not happened earlier rogue legacy is such a staple to indie games in my mind and it's such a staple to the you know the the roguelite genre which is there's a million of them on switch i was so surprised it hadn't come out already um i'm definitely super excited because i spent a ton of time in rogue legacy and i might just have to pick it back up just to you know experience that again especially on the switch which is a perfect device i feel like for this style of game of just kind of mindlessly running through these dungeons and quickly just you know popping in playing a character dying a couple of times and then saying all right that's enough of that um it it definitely feels like this would work with the switch um and i'm definitely excited for it 
One of my favorite things about Rogue Legacy is the fact that, like, not only do you get cool new powers with each new descendant, you get weird-ass issues like dyslexia. Yeah. Uh, so you either, like, read everything backwards or, like, the, the uh, like, vertigo when the whole world is upside down. And you're like, what the fuck? And it also included, like, sexual preferences, which was kind of weird. I, yeah. I honestly didn't understand that. I think it just affects how you, like, speak to uh, NPCs. But I'm really excited about this. I'm probably... I already own Rogue Legacy on two different platforms. And I'll more than likely pick it up on the Switch just so that I can play it while I'm dropping a deuce or something. I don't know. Just anything away from a TV, computer, or something else. <laughs> So for our next story, we are going to Gomatsu. This written by Sao Roma, Romano. I just, whatever. Uh, Moonlight for Switch launches November 5th. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. 11-Bit Studios uh, and developer Digital Sun announced that the action RPG previously launched for PS4, Xbox One, and PC on May 29th is now coming uh, to the Nintendo Switch on November 5th. I have played it on my PS4 and thoroughly enjoyed it. The pixel art art style is just fantastic. Um, once again, I'm I've, I'm just terrible at video games. So <laughs> I generally, like in roguelike games or roguelite games, whichever one you'd like to say, uh, I generally don't get that far. But I have to say like Moonlighter was excessively fun because not only is it about like crawling through dungeons and getting new materials you also have to run your shop which i thought was so much fun because i had like two people try to steal from me and i was like dude this is the tiniest shop ever how do you think you're gonna steal from me i've got like five platforms to sell things i don't understand and it's like you're the only person in here if it goes missing it's you so how yeah, I, I've also played Moonlighter a bit. Um, probably one of my favorite indie games of this year. I actually actually uh, recently interviewed the uh, the founder of Digital Sun Games, not for Parallax, for another site I write for. But it was interesting to see like what their influences were. Like I couldn't put my finger on it for the longest time. I knew it was. It's obviously heavily inspired by Zelda, right? And I was like, no, there's a specific Zelda game, and I can't think of it. So I asked him, like, what what influenced the art style? And he's like, oh, yeah, Zelda Minish Cap. And I was like, that's the one. That's kind of interesting. He pinpointed an exact game. He wasn't like, oh, yeah, no, nothing influenced it. I made it on my own. He's like, the Minish Cap. <laughs> and also, he also said Golden Sun, which I thought was, I did not expect to hear that at all. The Golden Sun games are awesome. I, I really like the art style of the Golden Sun games. A lot of people shit on Golden Sun Dark Dawn on the Nintendo DS, but I actually thought it was pretty dope. I picked it up when I was a kid, and I was like, this game is legit, uh, and then tried to buy it when I worked at GameStop, and people hated it. Yeah, he said he said it was uh, the influence was for the animation and art style, as well as the spirit of the setting. Huh. I've never played Golden that Sun. That is an interesting tidbit. You know, it's always ni ha nice having an actual game journalist on the podcast so he could tell us about the the professional work he does. I'm very glad. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a freelancer, too. <laughs> Other than us, like, goobers talking about indie games for 10 minutes. <laughs> 
I'm so excited for Moonlighter to get a little bit more praise. Uh, but for right now, I need to praise some other games. This segment is called God Bless This Kickstarter. Uh, for this week, we actually have two different Kickstarters that we want to talk about. Uh, we have Hazelnut Bastille, a 16-bit adventure, uh, indie adventure. And we have Monster Sanctuary, a monster-taming Metroidvania. Uh, out of the three of us, it's fairly obvious that Arrow picked out the uh the monster sanctuary but hazelnut bastille yeah i don't like i don't like monster tamers that's definitely not a thing that being said it's like this long running joke that that every every like thing you say is about a monster tamer yeah that being said out of the two games uh the monster tamer one is the one that i did back so (laughs) it looks so cool i I hate that it looks so cool, which is just such an odd thing to say. I love that it mixes both the 2D platforming uh, and like a standard turn-based JRPG and just Metroidvania elements. I think that's so cool. Uh, If you guys look down the different perks that you get for the Kickstarter backers, I can say that it's, it's a little... The only thing I don't like about their Kickstarters is that it seems to be like kind of lacking in physical goods. On Hazelnut Bastille, I think if you give $100, you can get a physical copy of the game. And for Monster Sanctuary, you can get a physical, uh, I think it's like the Monster Handbook. But other than that, there's no like real physical rewards. Whereas I've seen Kickstarters in the past that give really cool things like... uh, Flynn, Son of Crimson, um, you could get like a t-shirt or a poster or stuff like that. But honestly, these games look amazing. I will more than likely back them on Kickstarter. Uh, same as our last week's one, Omno. I'm just too many games. There's too many. Kickstarter so I'm going to pay for so them before actually paying for them. Um, I know, right? <laughs> so Monster Sanctuary actually has a, a demo you can get on Steam right now. It's the second demo because there was which has more content than the demo that used to be up there it has i think it has like a couple more monsters and and they said two hours worth of more content so that's a pretty that's a pretty meaty demo a pretty good chunk yeah one of the cool things about it too is uh one of the frequently asked questions on the kickstarter for monster sanctuary is will i be able to continue the save game from the demo and the developer did say yes so i think that's a pretty cool uh start to it as well it's just it's nice to know that if you do start in there you'll be able to continue your progress as of right now that is some as of right now it got um i mean it got successfully funded in 12 hours or under 12 hours yeah and as of right now, it has 50000 pledged, over $50,000 pledged of the 22941 goal. Yeah, which is pretty... Yeah, that's just crazy. It happened, like, within hours. I was so surprised of that when Josh brought it up. I was like, God. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty impressive. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say, it's pretty impressive because it's only been two days so far, and they're already at you know double like more than double their goal um which is definitely shows you know a lot of backing in this idea i'm really interested to see them go to i believe it's the fourth tier in their backing uh which is it allows the nintendo switch release of this my only concern with that was and i did reach out to the developer uh directly um they say in the text that it's after pc release i just don't know how long that 
after means. So is that like, you know, okay. Weeks? So the is thing that about that months? is, well, so what I've heard from the I'm in a couple of monster taming community discords mm-hmm. for some of these indie games, um, and, and uh, so a game called Serum Three came out, and I think it wasn't approved for Nintendo Switch for whatever reason. Or, so he's the the developer for that is now trying to find a a different publisher so he can get it on Switch. So it it's just a it can be kind of a toss of whether Nintendo lets them be on Switch or not. It can depend on the publisher and I'm sure a variety of other things. Gotcha. Well, that comment alone makes me kind of nervous because one of the things was I would want to pick you know the Nintendo Switch version, but I don't know how long of it coming out i would have to wait versus now is it even you know going to be a nintendo switch thing if something like that falls through so i don't know if you guys have seen me talk about a different upcoming indie monster tamer monster crowd but that's supposed to be coming to pc switch android and vita all the same all at the same time with next uh, next february that's pretty crazy i feel bad for like kickstarter developers who promised like how you said how you guys were talking about the issues with the nintendo switch i feel bad for them because i feel like they would get uh, as long as they're transparent i don't think it would ever happen but i feel like they might get a lot of backlash on them for not like delivering this switch port or this switch version of the game and it's not their fault at all basically it's like yeah nintendo basically rejected it and now we have to like really really strive and try harder and harder to get this on their console that definitely sucks i didn't know that would actually happen like i i didn't know that that was a scenario that could happen to uh people who like promise these things on kickstarter i mean there might be a lot more to it that we don't know about but that's just from from what i've heard about that specific situation and then all these all these monster taming games most of them are trying to be on switch and it's kind of weird because um because like you know for the nintendo ds you know um so uh so nintendo you know obviously has pokemon but they let all these other games that are similar digimon fossil fighters dragon quest monsters uh uh I, there are plenty of others and then on switch they're kind of be, it seems like they're kind of being iffy about it yeah i mean it might just be more of you know them trying to focus on their specific pokemon let's go and then the 2019 version and them trying to make more of a preface just because with nintendo i guess it was always easier to say that that was their lower platform but now if they're more focused on one specific unit maybe they just want less of a market on their one device See, and then the other thing I was gonna say, I was gonna say this earlier. Sorry, this is kind of like a, a switch, but like uh, when you said, um, when, when you said like it was impressive, like that that Monster Sanctuary got funded so fast. Um, Monster Crown got funded in under twenty eight hours, and people are people are kind of you know they're kind of thirsty for those indie monster taming games that aren't Pokemon but are close enough and have some sort of extra challenge that makes them stand out or like feature like how monster sanctuary is a metroidvania 
Right. I mean, well, that's what really got me hooked is for Monster Tamer games, I'm very much a casual player in it. Um, I backed, uh, like, this isn't the first Monster Tamer I backed. I also backed Temtem, which is one that's coming uh, out as well. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, with, like, when I think of, like, Pokemon is my main Monster Tamer that I've played, and that I'm very casual. I was, a, you know, a red and blue, uh, you know, time player and then for the other ones i kind of fell off i played like gold and silver but then any of the newer ones i've never really stuck with it i've never really been into the monster tamer world or you know been involved with the community so for me i thought it was impressive just because i haven't seen a lot of games kick off that way but maybe this is more of you know the monster tamer community just doesn't have enough and i think that makes sense because i feel like at least from the states specifically I feel like we don't have as much as maybe they do in, you know, overseas. Um, yeah. But then again, Kickstarter is worldwide, so I really don't know what that, you know, comparison or that ratio is for people who are backing this. Do you wonder if there's anybody anywhere on Earth that their only experience with the Monster Tamer is not Pokemon, but it's the monster taming aspect of World of Warcraft? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's somebody somewhere who's like, yeah, dude, I've got a spider that's like level 100 on World of Warcraft. I thought it was interesting that they introduced that. But I think it's amazing. Yeah, like you said, there's definitely seems to be a hunger for these kind of like different monster tamers. I mean, monster tamers in general seem to be super popular. Uh, I specifically really enjoy the the Digimon games just because I'm a Digimon fan Uh, first and foremost. Yeah, Cyber Sleuth is pretty amazing. I really enjoy Cyber Sleuth. Uh, but I'm excited to see what happens um, with these Kickstarters. I really hope everything goes well and we get Switch ports of both Hazelnut Bastille and uh, Monster Sanctuary. I realized this whole time we pretty much yeah. talked about Monster Sanctuary. <laughs> Hazelnut Bastille is basically like Legend of Zelda, but an indie version that looks fantastic. So <laughs> there's a little bit something for that. I, I hope both of these Kickstarters do really well. I love how this is like, God bless this Kickstarter, but I haven't checked on Hazelnut Bastille, but Monster Sanctuary, it's like, yeah, God already blessed that. It's, it's done. <laughs> Hazelnut is about, it's, done. Uh, it's about halfway there. So they're at 30,000 uh, and their pledge goal is 65,000, but they still have 35 days to go. So they should have enough time to make it. Yeah, it's crazy how fast these games are getting funded. It just blows my mind. Uh, I I feel bad for like when a Kickstarter doesn't get funded, but seeing these games like get funded almost within a day or two of their initial like release on Kickstarter, it it really warms my heart to see that people are willing to pay for these like indie developers to pursue their dreams. That's, do you guys? That's really cool. Do you guys remember Project Rap Rabbit? What the, the fuck is that? The Kickstarter by the Parapodos? Or by like... Really? Yeah, or something something similar to that. I did not hear about that. Did it, I assume it didn't get back, did it? It failed, because the, the, the goal, the initial goal was like way too high. And then the, the footage they used wasn't great. I mean, oh. of course, it's a Kickstarter, so they didn't have that much made yet. Right. But it's a Damn. whole thing. I... I I recommend you looking up because it's really interesting to see how that Kickstarter failed. Huh. I mean, bringing up the amount that they asked for it, it kind of blew my mind that uh, the Monster Sanctuary, they were only asking for like 20k. Or I guess it was in euros, but still, they weren't asking for that much. 
Like that's just kind of, or I guess pounds. I don't really know. The currency signs are weird, but they they really weren't asking for that much. That kind of blows my mind. It's not that surprising that it got funded so quickly because it's like they weren't. It's not like they were asking for a hundred thousand dollars. It's not like they ran a Kickstarter that made like almost two hundred million dollars or something like that. Like that just blows my mind. I can't believe that they're going to be able to make this game on less than like thirty thousand dollars well i guess now well, they don't even have to worry about it yeah they've got a shitload of money well <laughs> let's take let's take a step back though because this game i believe inside the the actual kickstarter information i'm trying to scroll through really quickly this has been in development for quite some time um if i'm not mistaken so and you could tell from the demos that a lot of work has already been put into this so i don't yeah. think that that pledge goal is anywhere near what has already been sunk into it but it's to get them to the next step that definitely makes sense yeah well it's time to move on to our next segment because uh, however much i love talking about kickstarters we got to let you listeners or watchers i guess we don't really have a way to watch this at the moment so listeners uh we've got to tell you what indie games are coming out this week uh on all sorts of different consoles and i'm gonna ask you guys because i forgot to ask you last week josh i'm gonna ask you guys to buckle up real quick because there is a shitload of freaking indie games coming and i'm excited about it click click so <laughs> i'm seriously gonna eventually buy like i'm gonna buy a seatbelt I just have to now. This is so good. So I'm going to, I once again, separate into different consoles. Uh, so be sure to listen for your console, or you can just check out the timestamps on this video on YouTube. You should be able to just hop to your console's release. Uh, for multiple, we actually only have one, and these are the indie games coming out between October 21st and the 27th. So for multiple, uh, coming to PS4, Xbox One on Wednesday, October 24th, we have Sky Hill. On PlayStation 4 and Vita, we have Halloween Forever coming on Monday, October 22nd. Grid Retro Enhanced, Retro Enhanced, they just said, they put it together so weird, is coming to PlayStation 4 Tuesday, October 23rd. Mind Labyrinth VR Dreams is coming to PlayStation 4 Tuesday, October 23rd. <laughs> Not that dream. No, yeah. <laughs> Mind Labyrinth VR Dreams, just to really throw you off. Never Out is coming to PSVR, PlayStation 4, in quotations, on uh, Tuesday, October 23rd. Perils of Baking Refrosted is coming to the Vita, Tuesday, October 23rd. Word Sudoku by Pogi. Is coming to PlayStation 4 and Vita on Tuesday, October 23rd. Now for the Xbox releases, we have Midnight Deluxe coming to Xbox One, uh, Tuesday, October 23rd. War Thunder coming to Xbox One, Tuesday, October 23rd. And Project High Rise Architects Edition coming to Xbox One, uh, Tuesday, October 23rd. And time for a buttload of Nintendo Switch releases. Uh, we've got, first of all, we've got Windjammers for the Nintendo Switch, Tuesday, 23rd. Tuesday the 23rd, 1001 Ultimate Mahjong 2 coming to the Nintendo Switch October 25th. Oh, wow. That's Thursday. Yeah, that's that's a massive name. 7 Billion Humans coming on Thursday, October 25th. Black and White Bushido coming on Thursday, October 25th. Car Quest coming on Thursday, October 25th. Dracula's Legacy coming Thursday, October 25th. 
elect Eternum X? I was going to say Electrum for some reason. Eternum X uh, coming on Thursday, October 25th. Friday the 13th Killer Puzzle coming on Thursday, October 25th. Pinstripe coming Thursday, October 25th. Oh my god, these are all coming out on the same day. This is just <laughs> ridiculous. Storm in a Teacup coming out Thursday, October 25th. Suicide Guy Sleeping Deeply coming Thursday, October 25th. Super Hyperactive Ninja coming Thursday, October 25th. World Word Puzzles by Pogi coming Thursday, October 25th. And Heavy Cheese Heavy Burger, not a cheeseburger, just a burger in general, coming Thursday, October 25th. And there's still two more categories to go because there's just not enough indie games coming out. So this is for Windows PC. We've got King of the World coming Monday, October 22nd. Contracted. Contra. Contract. You basically got. Yeah, contract. It's just the weirdest name. I don't understand why they had to spell it that way. It's K-O-N-T-R-A-K-T. That's just annoying. Just spell it like a normal person. I hate it. Uh, It's coming Monday, October 22nd. The Skeletal... Skeletal Dance Party coming on Monday, October 22nd. Headliner Nova News, which we actually talked about in the first episode, uh, coming Tuesday, October 23rd. Light Bearers coming Tuesday, October 23rd. The Greater Good coming Tuesday, October 23rd. Broken Metal coming Wednesday, October 24th. Citadel, the (laughs) Ancestral Strain coming Wednesday, October 24th. And our last title is for mobile. It is Stardew Valley coming to iOS on Wednesday, October 24th. So as a little game we like to play, or at least we did last week, we chose one game uh, that we would either recommend playing or that we were possibly going to pick up ourselves. Uh, what, What games on this list are you guys checking out you think you might actually pick up this week? Other than Suicide Guy Sleeping Deeply, because that's an obvious one that everyone's going to buy. Uh, I'll go first. So I'm I'm hard between uh, two different games. I'm stuck. Uh, I can't really decide. Um, Skeletal Dance Party, just because it looks so bonkers. It's very strange. It's like this Lego world fox girl who just basically has a giant party with all these skeletons, and she's running through a dungeon. Uh, just looking at it, it doesn't make too much sense, but it looks like a very interesting game that I would uh, be willing to play. Um, but then there's also Heavy Burger, which is my more serious one of something that I'd probably pick up. Uh, this looks pretty darn cool. It's basically a uh, kind of like a party game of you and four characters, and it's sort of like a 80s style uh arcade game of basically attacking each other and being the last man standing and it's you shooting uh little what looks like burgers i might be wrong um but out at the different players that you're playing with and each one of them is a different environment where some you're one on your own a pool table and you basically have to avoid and dodge all the items one uh looks like another field area but it definitely looks like it could get very hectic and be a good party game to pick up what about you errol did you pick one that you think just looks amazing well i already have halloween forever 
<laughs> that's yeah, that's solid. I mean, it's got candy corn, so obviously okay, he's your to be fair, thing ever. To be fair, Pumpkin Man, which is his official name, he shoots candy corn, so he is. That is his weapon. So I think that kind of works. Oh, so it's so shitty that it can kill stuff. I see yeah. the thought process behind Halloween Forever. I might pick it up now. <laughs> now that there's like I just wanted to a clarify. deep hatred of candy corn. It doesn't give you health. <laughs> health is just represented by hearts, like a, like a generic type of thing. Candy corn is just a projectile. That's good. I'm glad that it's it's actually... <laughs> Makes more sense. It's represented appropriately. That's, yeah, it kills people. That's what candy corn does. But besides that, Heavy Burger does look pretty interesting. It's a... Uh, I'm looking here on Steam. It's actually arcade games from. It's based on a classic 1980s Data East arcade machines. So that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, because yeah, it definitely looks. Because one of them looks like the map is basically like uh, Pac-Man's world, and you're. Oh, one just... is literally a Burger Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Burger is in the same exact font. <laughs> it looks. It looks like a a good time. I love that that was your more serious one. You're just like, oh, yeah, there's Skeletal Dance Party, but if I'm being serious, Dude, I'm okay. going to buy Heavy go, Burger. Go look at Skeletal Dance Party and then tell me it's not the more serious one. Okay, yeah, Heavy Burger is definitely more serious. I just love that, like, based on the just the names, you saying that Heavy Burger is the more serious between, I guess... Now that I think about it, a skeletal a dance skeletal party. Skeletal dance party? Come on now. <laughs> less serious. <laughs> this isn't like weekend at Bernie's or some shit. Uh, so for me, I'm more than likely going to pick up Friday the 13th Killer Puzzle on the Nintendo Switch. I had checked it out when it was on iOS and Android, I think, uh, several months ago. It's kind of weird. It's basically just like this standard puzzle game, but you move Jason around different tiles to kill people, and you just try to, like, it's like the most efficient way to, like, murder everybody. It's really weird. <laughs> That's a great I think it looks game. amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's so odd. <laughs> yeah, Greg Miller's just, like, freaking out somewhere because of his like obsession with friday the 13th <laughs> which is i feel like there was a recent like just burst of people playing friday the 13th because it was a uh, free psn game which obviously just makes sense but yeah like i talked about the first episode my friends have been bothering me to play friday the 13th with them and i'm like nah dude i'm not gonna play it but i'll play friday the 13th killer puzzle hell yeah that's enough yeah, who doesn't want it? I'd just be like, yeah, I'll play Friday the 13th, and then I'll be like, killer puzzle, underneath my breath, just to really piss him off. <laughs> That's it for this podcast today. How how did you guys think it went? Did you enjoy talking to each other? Did you did you get to know Errol in some deep and intimate ways, maybe some weird ways? <laughs> I don't know about weird, but, I mean... He likes fucking candy corn, Josh. That's was... weird. Whoa, did that happen? Man, where was hey. I? <laughs> You know, if somebody made, like, a Halloween-themed monster tamer, I'd be all over that. But what if all the monsters were candy corn? I bet you'd love it. No, only one monster can be candy corn. What? They're not just all subtle variations on candy corn? No, because that candy corn that has the chocolate in it, I forgot what it's called, like, Autumn Mix or something, it's terrible. It's the worst. <laughs> That's terrible? Even That's among, that is the worst? worst. Even among... <laughs> Even among candy corn, it's like the worst of the worst. Yeah, that's that's like hard. That's 
it's hard to go so much below bedrock when you hit rock bottom that <laughs> you <laughs> just add chocolate to an already shitty candy. Like, you know that you there's an argument to be made that chocolate can make everything better, but this just proves that candy corn eats shit because not even <laughs> chocolate can make it better. <laughs> I could put chocolate on chicken. I'm pretty sure that exists, and it would... Okay, that'd be disgusting. Oh, I would God, hate no. that so much. Well, it's not. <laughs> it depends. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for listening to this. If you are listening to this, that's amazing. Uh, if you guys want to be featured on the podcast uh, in the God Bless This Kickstarter or anything like that, make sure to hit me up on Twitter. You can follow me at Hyde Legion. Uh, where can we follow you guys on Twitter? So mine is going to or be... Or Facebook, Instagram, whatever you want. Yeah, I'll just do my Twitter. Mine's going to be the underscore Jorsh. That's R uh, inside of Josh, basically. Jorsh, 90. Nine zero. Mine is just at Errol M on Twitter. Pretty easy. Yeah, that's excessively easy. You made it really easy. I'm so glad that Alex isn't here so he can't avoid the question again. <laughs> he is! He was... <laughs> I told you! Oh my god, he's still, he didn't even get food. I he know. just left. <laughs> he's, he's still working Son on that bitch. puzzle for us. He's just waiting. Like He's secretly just trying to avoid giving out his Twitter handle, even though it's like easily accessible in several different places. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Indian Christians Podcast. Remember, this posts each and every Friday. Uh, at least, hopefully, it has the past three Fridays, so that's good for us uh thank you guys so much for listening and i hope you guys have a great day candy corn sucks so glad we're gonna end on a positive note how dare you <laughs>